Brad, one of the pastors at Passion City Church. I help oversee all things Passion Conference. I'm uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. We all hail from Atlanta. We're in the house. Originally from the great state of Texas. We got New Texas. Come on, we have to identify ourselves wherever we go. I went to Texas A&M. Um, shout out to uh, the, the guys in the band, uh, Brett Yonker right over here, graduate of the University of South Carolina. Yeah. So sorry about that. Where's Melody Malone? Uh, she's right back over there, a fan of the University of Alabama. So sorry. No, so, uh, hey, uh, where's Christian Sandville? Where'd you go? Where, 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 where'd Christian go? Hey, come here, Christian. Come here. Uh, come here. Mel, come here. Brett, come here. Just really quick. Um, one of the guys, a uh, guy playing electric, uh, went to Miami. I don't know who Paul runs for. Christian, who, who do you pull for in college football? Uh, well, it's what you call a house divided. So uh, my dad went to Tech and played football at Georgia Tech. Did he have a football team? <laughs> my sister went to Auburn. And my brother went to Georgia. Spend a little bit of time at Sanford University in Birmingham. <laughs> Spend a little bit of time. What does that mean? What does that mean? Hey, don't get up here. What was the? How did you start the chant earlier? I was just waiting to make them do it really quickly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop, 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 stop. This is instruction. What is your name? William. Uh, for me, I was thinking, how awesome is it to be in this jam-packed room 
of college students worshiping Jesus at Clemson University, and there's power when the people of God get together to lift up the praises of God in the presence of God. And for us, we're not in the event business. We're not doing something because we have to. In fact, these men and women that were up here leading, they've been traveling around this week, this month. And it seems awesome, but it also comes at a big cost, a big sacrifice to their life, to their family. And they're here not because they're dating anything, but they're here to serve you. We're here to serve you to say, hey, we want to invite you to a moment where college students from around the world are in the same space looking at Jesus, considering the point and the purpose of their lives. And yes, we'll have some of the best people like, you know, uh, Passion Music, Crowder, Sean, Pastor Louie, Tim Tebow, Sadie, Maverick City, Levi Lusk, Brad Jones for crying out loud. I mean, thank you. But, but the power is Jesus being there, His Holy Spirit being on the move, and a generation of college students in a moment together. College students from all over the world, all over the country. We want Clemson there. Darian, you have to come for a little bit. Darian, you come up. You tell it from your uh, standpoint. Don't give it up for my boy, Darian. Um, Brad put me on the spot. We're all good. We're ready. It's game time. Uh, but I will say, I met Brad many years ago. Uh, I've been at Clemson for a very long time. I'm super senior, so I'm 24. I'm still here. Don't ask me why. Um, but I met Brad on my freshman year. One of my pastors great man, do a lot of great things, and I would just say, uh, one of the reasons I never really get to go to Passion um, is because we're in the playoffs. Uh, everybody falls short of the glory of God, uh, so there is grace. Um, but this year, spoiler alert, I think a lot of us will be free around this time. Um, so, like myself and one of my teammates, we will find ourselves in Atlanta in Mercedes-Benz, so I would just say, come join me.
passion, an assignment, a spot, a sphere of influence. And God wants to use you to change the world, to be the light of the world so people can see your good works and then they would glorify the Father. This is the message of passion. This is why we're here to call you, simply put, to live your life for what matters most. Because we just sing about it. I don't know what you're living for. I know what the world tries to tell you. It does a really good job of telling you you should live for. All the foundations they say you should build your life on. But there, come on, can I get an amen? There's only one sure, steady foundation that is worth your soul, that is worth your life. And that is the glory of God, the love of Jesus. What are you living for? That's my question. What are you building your life on? Our, our message isn't to show up and say, get your act in order. Start behaving the right way. Stop doing the wrong things. Start doing the right things. That is part of it, right? No, it's are you living your life for, for what will matter most and for what will last forever? Scripture says those who hope in the Lord will not be put to shame, will not be disappointed. And I don't know if you believe that or not. But if you put your hope, if you put your trust in anything less than Jesus, you'll be left wanting more. You'll be left disappointed. So we want to stand at that crossroads and say, choose Jesus. Choose the, the steady, the sure, the firm foundation. And you know, how, how do you choose it? We sing about it. You have your eyes open to the goodness, to the glory. To the, to the love of Jesus. That's why Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I prayed, his, his prayer was for a bunch of Jesus people that were following uh, the, the teachings of Jesus, that were going to church, that were on mission. He said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you, the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that the eyes of your heart would be opened so that you would know the hope to which you were called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, in his incomparably great power for those who believe. Is it tough to live the Christian life on Clemson campus? Of course. Is it tough to break free of the, the pool and the tangle of sin and shame? Of course. Is it tough to choose Jesus over all the things that the world is throwing at you? Is it tough to break free of the insecurity and the pressure? Of course. But you have power, incomparably great power, if you want to live your life for what matters most. Choose Jesus. He's a sure, steady foundation. Who are you living for? What are you living for? This is what we're just inviting you to think about tonight. Makes me think about the rich young ruler. I'd love to get Jeff back up here. Jeff Lawson, he makes the keys. God makes it all things. Perfect timing. Everybody give it up for Jeff Lawson right over here. Hey, um, uh, quickly, anybody <coughs> love making, uh, like, you know, like, really love making decisions? Like, you're, no? Anybody really stressed out about their future right now? Any seniors that do not want any one more person in their world to ask them what they're doing when they're graduating? Like, you just, like, watch as I see you, like, walk around the side. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't ask. Can I get an amen? amen. Well, hey, I'm not a great decision maker. Like, there's different tactics the way you make decisions. Uh, just a quick, um, anybody a pros, cons list person? Like, you're going to, like, table and raise it up high, don't be ashamed, okay? Like, all big decisions, you're going to, any poll takers, like, you're going to get a vote, you know, and you're going to go around asking everybody. 
with a decision. I bet most of you know this story, not all of you, but it's the story of the rich young ruler. You know that story? I, I, that story this story makes me feel uncomfortable. I actually don't even like to preach it. I had to really wrestle with it because the, the decision he was faced with seemed different than the decision I was faced with when it came to following Jesus. I'd like to submit to you that I don't know if he was single or married, but if he was single, I, I, would, I would say he'd be a great candidate for the bachelor, bachelorette, whatever it would be. I don't know. Um, I think he'd be the most eligible bachelor in the room. You know what? It says he was rich. Ladies, interested? Now, only if he loves Jesus. He was young. That's good. See, so within the appropriate age limit, okay, but parents respect that. And he was in charge. Any ladies be willing to give him one date, you know? I, I got a few whoops over there. You give a date, thank you. And then you'll be like, I'll give him one shot. To know his heart, of course, does he love Jesus? But it does help that he was rich. <laughs> Emma, you single? Oh. I, do, I, I do have a gift. I do have a gift. I have true story one year at Passion. I'm not bragging. But one year at Passion on stage, I made a couple do a blind date over lunch. They met on stage. Having Jason's Deli in front of 25,000 people. They got married, people. They got married. So let's bring out the Jason's Deli. Let's get him up here. Let's see what. Okay, well, hey, don't be too quick. Thank you. 
the commandments. It said, don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. He was saying rules. And if you know, if you know the Old Testament, you know those are part of the Ten Commandments. And not only part of them, they were the last six commandments. He said, you know the commandments. And of course this guy did. He was the leader of the synagogue. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. Don't covet. Some of you are just living the Christian life by rules. Don't drink. Don't party. Don't sleep with your girlfriend. Don't do all the other stuff that everybody else says that you should be doing. And, and, and then there are, there's wisdom in all of that. But that's not where it starts, right? That, that's not how we earn God's love. That's not how we get to heaven. And, and, and then God said, hey, teacher, Jesus, I've done all those things. Since I was a boy, I haven't messed up. I've been as close to perfect as anybody. And then Jesus, it says in Mark chapter 10, it says he looked at him. And he loved him. He looked at him. And he loved him. And then he said something very hard to him. Very challenging to him. And this is where the tension is. Because if you know the story, he said, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. And then come follow me. And if you're putting yourself in that story, you'd be like, I don't know. If that was the call on my life, if I came face to face with Jesus and he asked me if I want to follow him, I had to go give it all up, sell it all. The thing I'd earned, the thing that was precious to me, the thing that mattered most to me, I had to sell it, give it all up. Then I could follow him. And this is where I get the tension in this story. I'm like, that's not what I was told. When I, got to, when I came to know Jesus, I was told by the Bible through a pastor that says, if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. If you confess with your heart, and, or confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you become a, a child of God. Why did I get that invitation, but this guy got to go sell everything? Well, it's much deeper. Again, go back to the Ten Commandments. Because Jesus is referenced the last six. But there was four, the first four. The last six were all about our horizontal relationships. How we treat each other. How we operate on this world. That is important. But the first four are all vertical. Between us and God. We shall have no other gods besides God. We should honor the Sabbath. Keep it holy. We shall not make anything in the image of God and bow down to it. So Jesus wasn't trying to get his stuff. He was trying to help him get rid of his idol. You see that? He looked at him and he loved him. And he's, he was trying to, in love, point out, hey, my man, it's not about just what happens when you die. It's all about how you roll when you live. It's all about what you live for. What your world revolves around. What you worship. What your life is all about. He looked at him and he loved him. He said, you've got an idol, bro. <coughs> You're living for the wrong thing. You're building your life on sinking sand. I, in love, I'm trying to sell, tell you that I'm the only one worthy 
being in the center. So don't put stuff. Don't put fame. Don't put popularity. Don't put a relationship. Don't put finances. Don't put pride. Don't put yourself in the center and say everything revolves around me and my stuff and what I need and my career and my college life and my fun and my relationship. No, that's not a good idol. It's not worthy of your worship. He said, don't get rid of the idol. And find your life and meaning and purpose in me. What, what are you living for, Clemson? What's in the center of your life? What drives your thoughts? What drives your actions? Jesus isn't just interested in your behavior. He desires and deserves your worship. And what's worship? Not just singing songs. Worship is, uh, in view of God's mercy, offering your bodies, everything you've got to Jesus as a living sacrifice. This is holy and acceptable worship. Give Him your life. Your all. Your time in college. Your future. Your ambition. Your relationship. Your quiet space. Your private space. Also your public sphere. Give Him it all because He's worthy. He's worthy. Don't, don't be the person, oh my goodness, don't be the person that says, hey, I'm here to do four to five to eight years, Eric, and say, I'm going to, sorry, my man, that's too, too far, too far. So. But, but get rid of the narrative that, hey, college is to live it up. To, to do the college thing. And then sort it out later. Get my life back on track later. You'll be disappointed. You'll look back with shame. You'll look back with your regret. Start now. Revolve around Him now. Live for Him now. Worship Him now. Give Him everything you've got. Live your life what matters most. If you were so lucky to get to go to College Station, Texas one day, any, any takers? Anybody interested? Where Texas A&M is. If I was going to take you on a tour, and I was going to go back when I pulled in tonight, I feel like I've been. To, I'm, I actually would love for my kids to go to Clemson if they're not quite smart enough to get into A&M, but they could get into Clemson. Sorry, too far. It just couldn't resist. Christian started it tonight. He was rude on the top, and then and he was, I was like, "That's my joke, man. I'm the one." That, but anyway, back on track. If I were to take you to college station. It's like I was coming into Clemson tonight, and I felt like I knew the place that I'd spoken to FCA a lot. I was showing Camilo, my friend, around, showing him the stadium, how awesome it was to have a town and a school built on the lakes, and we were having a great time, and went to smoke a pig. But if I was going to take it to College Station, and I was like, what are the spots that mean the most to me? Maybe I would drive by my first apartment, my first house, where we had some good memories. We had like the triple-decker couches in our living room. We thought we were the coolest things ever on having couches on center blocks. Is that still a thing? No, okay, moving on. But but one of the spots that's just is seared into my memory. Seared into my brain. Is outside the baseball stadium. Because one day, one night I was a freshman, Tuesday night. <coughs> walking out of the baseball stadium, because in that base, baseball stadium, we had a Bible study. It's a large Bible study. We could either be in the basketball arena or the baseball stadium. Several thousands of students gathered, and I 
stay a lot longer than you and still make a lot of money. It's not me. He was a senior. I was a freshman. I loved God. Didn't have it all together. Had a desire to see impact come to my tennis team in high school. This guy loved to party. He ran the scene. He respected me. I was a friend of him. He never put me in compromised positions. He actually protected me a couple times because he knew what I stood for. So much so one time he was going out to a 9 a.m. tennis match with a unique flavor of Gatorade that I'd never seen before. And I was like, dude, what flavor of Gatorade is that? And he was like, you don't want to know. I'm like, you spiked your Gatorade at 9 a.m. and you still beat everybody 6060. I'm like, oh my goodness. And that's so sad all at the same time. But I ran straight into him. I was like, dude, I didn't know you were in College Station. He was like, yeah, I just transferred in from a community college. And I was like, well, where are you heading? Going, what, are you going down to Northgate, the bar scene tonight? He's like, no, man, I'm, I'm leaving the Bible study. I'm like, run that back. He's like, yeah, I'm leaving the Bible study. I'm like, no, seriously, what are you doing? And then he proceeds to tell me that he met Jesus. And then Jesus changed his life. And he started following Jesus. And he got rid of the idols. And he started living for and building his foundation on something that mattered a, a whole lot more that would last forever and was way more sturdy. And I was just like tearing up. And I was like, I don't know if two guys, can two dudes can cry outside of a baseball stadium. But I was so moved. And then he said, and I, I just want to say thank you. Because you were a part of my story. As a freshman in high school, the way you lived, the way you treated me, what you stood for, I always admired that. And I desired that. And, and you made an impact. I did well in college. I had a good time. I made good grades. I, would, I had a pretty good college life. But there's not many memories that stack up as high as telling somebody telling me. I got to be a part. I wasn't responsible for it, but I got to play a role in their life-changing story of meeting Jesus. And so I would just say, why wait, Clemson? Why do the college thing? And let's make the college thing having a heart that is burning for the fame and the renown and the glory of Jesus having a desire to let your life shine in such a way that people see you and then because of you know Jesus. God wants to use you. I didn't, I wasn't on the stages. I didn't have a microphone. I didn't know all the Bible. I hadn't gone to seminary, but I had a heart. And I was a person who knew Jesus. That had a desire to see my campus and my friends come to know Jesus. Why not now? And why not you? Because God has placed you and position you in such a place that he wants to invite you and call you to live your life for what matters most and what will last forever and you will not be disappointed. First part of that text in Mark chapter 10, all of this happened, this conversation with Jesus and the rich young ruler, it says in Mark chapter 10, I think it's verse 17. That's my Bible over there. I'm out of time, so I can't really open it. It says, as he started on his way, this conversation with Jesus and the rich young ruler, Mark 10, verse 17, it says, as he started on his way, 
Where was he going? It says as he started on his way to Jerusalem. Well, what was in Jerusalem? Jerusalem was arrested. Jerusalem was beaten. Jerusalem was crowned of thorns in the head. Jerusalem was the cross. Jerusalem was also the empty tomb. So this man had an invitation from Jesus to follow him and see firsthand what Jesus was going to do, what God was going to do through his son for all of humanity. And the guy missed out. He was invited saying, you're coming with me and you're going to see firsthand the cross and it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful and it's going to be devastating, but you're also going to see the empty tomb. In an empty tomb, you're going to know that I am who I said I was. And I am alive, and I have defeated death, and I have defeated the grave. And so, come on, students. Say yes to not just a one-time moment. We're going to give you that chance, but every day, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to trust. Because this is, I think, what you battle the most. It's, it's you afraid you're going to be marginalized. You're going to be missing out. You're going to not be included. You're not going to get the job. Your people are going to think you are weird. People are going to minimize you. If you stand for Jesus and you follow Jesus, again, you won't be disappointed. Thank God. Trust me. Those who hope in the Lord will not be put to shame. I want to pray together. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. I'll give you the chance right now. A couple things. Anybody in here, if you've been living a quote-unquote Christian life by rules, by just doing or trying to do the right thing, but you've never put your trust in what God has done for you through Jesus. You've never accepted by faith Jesus in your heart and committed your life to Him. Not based on behavior or rules, but based on faith and the gift and the sacrifice and the payment of Jesus. Does anybody want to put their trust in Jesus tonight? To go from death to life. To become a Christian. To have a new heart. A new soul. And anybody want that we just lift up your hand and say, hey, it's been all behavior for me. It's been all rules for me. It's all been trying to earn it and do it myself. But tonight I want to put my faith in the finished work of Jesus. And what he has done and accomplished for me. If you lift up high, I see... Uh, some hands up. It's hard to see in the elevated section, so I see a couple hands up over there. I see a couple hands up here in the in the middle. Four, five, six. Several over here on my left. Keep them up. You just say, tonight, it's no more. I'm doing me trying to earn God's love. Anybody raise them up high over here on my left? Amazing. If you raise your hand, I would just encourage you one, and there's going to be some people down in these bombs with um, glow lights, bracelets. You can talk to them afterwards, but just even in your own seat right now, just say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me and to free me. Give me a brand new heart, a brand new start. 
want to be a Christian. Ask for his Holy Spirit to come into your life. That you can know him and walk with him. If you want to know Jesus, he's ready to knock to know him. If you knock on the door, he's ready to open it. Amazing. You can put your hand down. Let's still continue to stay in this attitude to respond, posture of response. Is any rich young ruler in here that's been worshiping and living for the wrong things? You're a Christian, but if you're honest with yourself and honest with God, you know that your life orbits something completely different than the plans and purposes of God for your life and the person of Jesus and your relationship with him. And you just want to confess or you want to agree with God and say, my life's been orbiting around the wrong thing or I've been building my life on the wrong foundation. That's you. I just want to invite you to stand. Right where you're at. As a way of acknowledging to God, you're ready to build your life on His foundation. Is that anybody? Let's take a little bit of God and just stand up wherever you're at. pray that they would see tonight that you are good, that your plans and purposes for their life will never fail, that they can count on you, and that you will be faithful. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful. Even when we stumble and fall, you are strong and you are steady, God. I pray that these students just wouldn't just say that they, that they follow you, but they would truly trust you with their entire life. 